What's up, what's up? Another Tuesday, another podcast. This is your favorite football podcast, the Football Academy. I'm your Sapoon with Braden and Will. How's it going, Will? Good. Great. Fantastic. Yet another week as champion of England. I feel so great. As great as you can with the world's greatest hangover. Low-key, my blood's mostly wine now. Yeah, fair enough. So I don't have the Champions of England hangover. I do have a July 4th hangover. Um, but other than that, um, it's it's good to be back. It's good to see Arsenal playing a little bit better. And uh, it's a good week of games. Indeed is. And we're going to get right into it. Somebody that did look like they had a hangover was born with football club. A hangover from what? You can ask me. I might not be able to answer that question. But they did look very lethargic, not very good. A 4-1 drubbing at the hands of Newcastle United. Newcastle, good on them. Miggy Amaron, good on you for going out there and performing. And um, yeah, I don't really have words to really describe what I see out of Bournemouth in that game. And uh, I am proud that I picked, actually all three of us picked uh, Newcastle for that game. So good on everybody, guys. Bad on Eddie Howe and Bournemouth. Just don't look good. What about what did you think about that, Braden? Yeah, I thought Bournemouth looked really terrible. It's a lot of, you know, where where is any sort of fight in this team? This isn't the team that came up a few years ago and were these really scrappy kind of underdogs who were willing to you know play their football against all the big teams. Uh, and I just, it looks really bad for them. I, like you said, good on Newcastle. Always good to see Atlanta United legend Miguel Almiron get a goal. <laughs> and um, there's not really that much more to say about this. Newcastle scored four, which is kind of ridiculous. Is that even allowed in their contracts? What do you think, Will? Situational talent. Do you hear oh, what off. I'm saying? When it shows up, it shows up, and it showed up for Newcastle, and it, honestly, Bournemouth kind of looked like crap in this match. Let me not even sit here and try to toot the horn as much as I can about Newcastle, even though I want to. This is more about Bournemouth looking like a team destined for failure at this point. However, our lord and savior, Miguel Almoran, gets another goal. Um... I've heard talk of him getting interest from other clubs, but honestly, Miggy, stay put. Live your best life. Be a magpie forever. I love you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't have a lot more to add to that. I think it was just a terrible, terrible performance from Bournemouth and something that this season we've become accustomed to, sadly, with Bournemouth and Newcastle on certain days when they double their XG, they uh, look very good. And this was one of the few days that that did happen. Moving along to another team that is definitely leading the charge in terms of their desire to go back to the championship are Norwich City Football Club. They got a absolute bit slap by Arsenal 4-0. Again, good to see Arsenal play some good football and get the win. Um, don't have a lot more to say, I think, against Norwich. a team I did feel sad for Norwich because they did give their all in the FA Cup game against Man United, but... It's they. It just does not look good on, in terms of the performances. And I think going back in the championship, 
in a way that they might lose a lot of their young and promising talent is not going for it's not going to make it easy for them to come back up it is at least good that the board finally accepts that they um made a mistake by not backing uh Daniel Farker the way they should have what do you think about that will before we go on to Braden who i'm sure will have a lot to say about this game uh not to be more thoughts my man uh it's honestly nice to see Arsenal doing well. Uh, I really, early in the season, I just wished, I wished so much goodwill for Norwich. I wanted to see him do well. I still really love Timu Fuki, but this Norwich team is just not up to snuff right now. Credit to Arsenal. Went out. Clinical. Good performance. If you're an Arsenal fan, probably dancing with the underwear off. So... Braden, put your pants back on and tell me how you feel. Yeah, I think that pretty much covers it. Like, Arsenal should be beating these teams like this. Um, it, I mean, this is a team that is worse in the league in the, for a reason. Their last on goal differential. Uh, th- they deserve to be where they are entirely. And But I, I will say that Arsenal hasn't beaten these teams like this before earlier in the season. And so it's good to see them actually go out and do it. And so you had a lot of another two goals from Aubameyang just scores goals when he wants to. Cedric Suarez scoring from outside the box with his left foot on his debut. Just it it's good all the way around. Xhaka scored a goal in the box, which is unheard of. It's good stuff. I will say one thing about Xhaka before we move on from this game. Days like this when he does play fairly well i think there is a player in there but the problem is these games don't come in as often as you would want them to i think they're coming more under arteta sure yeah but who knows it might just be the new manager um not to dampen your uh spirits out there for five months? <laughs> I mean, y'all didn't play for a long time. So and then before that, y'all didn't have a bounce under the new manager that you would expect. So, you know, finally seeing some... big-ass uh, bounce. Yeah, some big-ass bounce, as uh, Will just said. So, could be a product of that. But I am I want to see this more consistently. I, the, I know he's capable of producing this every now and then in, like, spurts of four to five games. But I still want to see more of, like, over a course of a season for him to be very, very good and play at the level that he normally can play at. But we'll see if that can happen next season because this season is winding down to a close. Somebody that is not doing very well as the season is winding down to a close is Leicester City Football Club led by Brendan Rodgers. It's very interesting to see them absolutely fall apart in 2020. I think before the lockdown, they did not look good. After the lockdown, they're not looking good. And um, Carlo Ancelotti and Everton. Uh, if but Ancelotti is, what, a two-time European champion? Managing mm-hmm. Everton and Leicester City out there just did not look great. They looked better than they have before. But again, this is a game they should... These are games they have to pick up in order to finish top four. And losing this game really made sure that they are going to get dragged into the dogfight along with Chelsea United Wolves and everybody else. So not a great look on them, but good on Everton. 2-1 win. Yeah. 
I don't have a lot more to add to what Leicester is currently doing, but good on Everton. Y'all deserve that win and good on good job on winning. What do you think, Brayden? Yeah, so I think uh, yeah. Striker's pretty animated about this game. Um, but so I, I would say that I feel Leicester are definitely being dragged back into this into this top four Champions League race. I guess it could be a top five, uh, given uh, we'll find out about City shortly. But I do think that I expected a lot more from Leicester in the restart. Because I, I think a feature of Brendan Rodgers' teams has been that they get to a very hot start and kind of fade at the very end of the season. Uh, some of that just being the intensity that wish they play with. And... I kind of thought that this restart would be a chance for Leicester to reset that, that they would, this little bit of a break would let them get their legs back and they'd come out. And I haven't seen that. They just, the performances aren't really there. They're not flowing as much offensively. They needed um, the Chilwell banger, uh, you know, last week. It's, they don't look like a good team. Well, um, with with Everton and Leicester, I see them. I talked a lot earlier in the season about Everton kind of being this very inconsistent team who just didn't show up when you need them to. They're kind of swapping places. All of a sudden, Everton look like this team who are on the rise and look like they're ascending and becoming a complete unit, while Leicester seem to be falling apart. Carlo Ancelotti, his teams tend to have this like that Chelsea team that won the title. They finished real strong. And him just coming in and be able to do that, kind of what he does. Brendan Rodgers doesn't finish that well. I know that from experience. Real fucking hard. So, with that being said, more marks to Everton. I'm kind of into the way they're going to finish the season. I kind of want to see what Ancelotti is going to do. BR's got to get his shit together and finish strong. Bruh, he even lost games in Scotland when he was winning fucking trebles. Gave away at the end. Just finished strong, my dude. Jesus Christ. Yes, he'll be the only one who'll bring up a fucking trouble from Scotland. Um, Goddamn right. <laughs> talking about trebles, the team that had a new number three sponsor in three mobile was Chelsea Football Club <laughs> debuting their new jerseys. And what a way to do that as they conceded a stoppage time third goal courtesy of David Moyes' West Ham United to lose 3-2 to as they celebrated the new sponsorship. I think it was a brilliant, brilliant performance from West Ham in terms of just overall being believing in themselves that they can win. And I think Chelsea, this has been their weak point the entire season. Kepa Ariza Balaga, the most expensive goalkeeper in the history of football. You are fucking shite to be playing for a team like Chelsea. I think if they had kept Peter Cech or actually brought him out of retirement to play in that game, he probably would have done better. Rudiger, you don't, as a defender, you just don't show a left-footed player his left foot. But I wish I could show you guys the visual. I'm definitely going to post it when I put this out on Twitter because I think Chelsea, if they had a good defense, they would have had a very solid team. Their defense is one of the reasons that they are dragged into this top four fight. And here they are again, 
in a situation where they're going to have to fight for it again to get Champions League football. Brayden, what did you think of both your London neighbors? Yeah, so I think that we all picked some points from Chelsea in this game. Uh, Will and I both went with Chelsea, and you correctly picked this as a letdown spot for them for reasons that I don't fully understand. I realize it was after they beat Man City, but, you know, Man City aren't that much fucking better than Chelsea. So I don't I, I don't get why there is this much of a drop-off. Uh, Chelsea should have put this team away. They didn't. I do want to give a lot of credit to Mikel Antonio on this. He got a goal. He got the assist uh, for the winner for them. And I think he played the true kind of center forward on a counterattack team that they need. He's a big physical presence. And he just kind of does a lot of stuff for West Ham. I, I remember there was a year he was playing as a right wing back and he can do a lot, and he's a strong physical presence. He, I feel like he's almost a poor man's Adama Traore, and he had a really good game, in my opinion. We've got Antonio. You've got our stereos. So, what do you have to say about that, Will? Um, your stereos are great. Um, honestly, I completely agree with that assessment. Every team needs a utility man. If you're in that, like, middle tier of, like, but not for the big trophy. Go ahead and look out for your man, Antonio. He might be lit. Um, bruh, Chelsea, the fuck? <laughs> um, you can't come out with a new kit sponsor and then lose by that goal. You, they, there's potential. Y'all look good. Y'all look fine. I believed in you in this match, and y'all let me down real hard. Um. I really don't have too much to add aside from I still love Kristen Pulisic and good on you West Ham for showing some grit and some heart and Frank Lampard, don't be uneven. Manage your boys up to who they play to. David Moyes, get better hair. Hey, he went to Leipzig and he learned how to counterattack and he's finally showing that for West Ham United. I do have a lot to say about what you said in terms of Antonio being a player for teams that are playing in Europe and not in the bigger competition in Europe. Because I think in England, there are so many top class teams that I don't think he can really make it in any of those. But that is a different discussion for a different day. Moving along to another team from London that got absolutely shell-shocked. Jose Mourinho's Tottenham, po Tottenham Hotspurs. One, Chris Wilder and Sheffield United. Three, I was upset that Dean Henderson didn't keep a clean sheet. I was cursing out when they fucking scored that goal. But, hey, everybody expected Spurs to do something in this game. It, like, not neither one of you were confident about them winning. I was kind of bullish about Spurs winning because it was Sheffield United who were tumbling down the table. And um, all of a sudden, you just see the old Jose Mourinho third season syndrome happening in like the sixth month of him being at Tottenham, if that. What do you think, Will? I'm not going to go to Braden first because I know he'll have a lot to laugh about. Um, So, I just earlier in the season Sheffield kind of got jobbed by VAR. Here Spurs have a chance for an equalizer. They get jobbed by VAR. 
You're just dessert, you rat bastards. I just kind of want to see Mourinho. I, I, I disagree with that though. <laughs> I, I no, it. I disagree that as well. Team was on the rise, and we all kind of felt like they kind of. We all kind of wanted them to do that. We felt like the VAR was just at the same time. If you're going to if you're going to go with that, they got their just desserts later on. Spurs kind of got lucky. They kind of coasted by. Sheffield got their deserved win now. It's a little too little too late, but hey. I mean, so b- before you go, Braden, um, I do want to say one thing yeah. about that. The rule that has been put in place and the only rule that has been consistently applied this whole season has been whether or not intentional whether or not it was in a meaningful way or whatever, if the ball touches your hand, that goal is coming back. And that is exactly what happened to Tottenham. You can disagree about the rule, and you can debate about whether the rule is fair and all that nonsense, but I think given the rule, the way it has been implemented so far, that was the correct interpretation in bringing back the Spurs equalizer. Go ahead, Braden. Yeah, I agree with that. I do think that, uh, like you, I am, I, I am not so much in agreement that that rule is the correct interpretation of the handball law, but it's definitely the one that England has gone with this year. And similar to where it feels like England are ruling that every single offside can be looked at in VAR and everything is a clear cut decision. And, and we're not doing this whole without a shadow of a or clear and obvious errors and that sort of thing. I, that's exactly how they've called every single instance of this in every game. And I, I don't think they got jobbed by VAR. It's, it's unfortunate that that's how it worked out, but that's kind of what happens with VAR. Unfortunately, I, as far as the Spurs team overall, I don't think they can, get too hung up on that um my exact words on the preview show was i believe in jose and so i thought they would get a draw but i did not have enough faith and this train is coming off the rails real early uh for for spurs and jose this usually takes three years uh we're looking at a few months and i couldn't be happier about it just watching (laughs) eric dyer play offside when the, for the second goal, when the man is on the on the end line playing a cutback, Big it was my favorite thing. London Derby. But hey, you love to see it. Talking about turmoil? I guess not quite turmoil, but Kevin De Bruyne causing absolute havoc on that pitch. Liverpool got absolutely dismantled after giving, after having gotten the guard of honor by the most expensive squad ever assembled in the Premier League history by Manchester City and Pep Guardiola. I think it was coming. Liverpool were celebrating. Liverpool doesn't necessarily need to do anything. Like, they won their league. They This is preseason for them. Like, they could lose every single game between now and the end of the season, 5-0, and they're still champions of England. So I don't think it necessarily matters to them. Man City were, I guess, hurt a little bit. But then again, like they lost to fucking Chelsea to have to be in the situation to give them the guard of honor. Bernardo Silva walking off. I salute you, dude. Good job. Fuck the Scousers. But here we are. 
2020, everybody had to disagree with, oh, he did not respect the Scousers enough. Bro, nobody respects the Scousers. Like, the Scousers respect themselves. But this game, all in all, I thought was a pretty horrendous game to watch. Like, it was as a neutral, I guess, as neutral as I can be. Hating both these teams can be neutral as well. Um, it would... It was just terrible to watch. It was just like Liverpool didn't want to play. Man City were like, we want to prove a point. And I was like, what's the point? Like, wh- what point are you proving right now? And ultimately, uh, a thrashing, thrashing result for uh, Man City. And this game did show that if a team does not take them very seriously in the Champions League one-off games, uh, Man City will seriously, seriously come out and punish them. And um, that's the only output I have. Will. I know you didn't cry. I think you probably had beer sweats come out after a certain point, but that might have been the only precipitation that came out of you. So any other comments that you have about this game? Um, So, yeah, everyone was pretty much hungover. But I, like, that joke aside, that first five minutes, like, we kind of came for it for, like, a hot second. We were just like, oh, look at us threatened. And then Raheem Sterling... Bro, y'all ain't fucking Norwich out there that we came for it for five minutes. It, like, it was, it is. It was granted, a good five It minutes. only took you guys one game. It it took you one game as champions of England to be handed the worst defeat that has ever been handed to a champion of England. Just gonna put that out there. I will also like to put out there that if I ever see Raheem Sterling in the street, one on one action, bro, square up. I'm six one, five nothing. <laughs> bro, you will not be able to catch him. I Chill really out. wouldn't. He's really fast. <laughs> he nut- he nutmeg the shit out of Joe Gomez. He's gonna seriously. He's gonna put you on your ass before you do anything to him. I'm so, all like, legs. He really does out. have me though. Like I, I got nothing on that guy. <laughs> but still, fuck him. I, I stand by my statement. That was a dive and a half. It doesn't affect the game. We were too drunk to even come back for it. But there is no but. We we lost. We got our asses handed to us. Pepsi and Barcelona. Imagine complaining about divers when you have most allow on your team. Anyway, Raiden, what did you think about that? Seriously? I, yeah. So, going back to Bernardo Silva, I get it. I'm not saying it's right, but I get it. Um, no one wants to hang around and, and do this whole respect thing. And there, there's sportsmanship. He fulfilled his duties. Move on. And so, I, yeah, that's that's kind of just over for me. Um, I expected Liverpool to kind of come out and not necessarily even prove a point, but just kind of say, yeah, we're not going anywhere. And that's not what happened. Like, I expected the hangover for Liverpool to be the next game. But, you know, you can see Liverpool were having a good time. And, you know, City are mad for whatever reason. I, I, I don't. If you're mad well, about it, you should have won Chelsea. more games during the be season. Fucking Chelsea, and, and then here's where we are. We're gonna not. We're gonna make sure you don't right. win it on our turf, and at least that way you you don't have to give the guard of honor. Like, show me something like that. Don't beat them after like we know that they're hungover. Like, this game proved absolutely nothing, in my opinion. And yeah, I was just like, agree what? fully. So it. it uh, like a lot of people were like, "Oh, look at Klopp getting destroyed." Like Pep is the greatest, and I'm like, 
if you if that is your conclusion from that game, you really need to reassess how the fuck you watch football. If that's your like, conclusion, that is all I'll say. If me. that's your conclusion from that game, you've never had a fucking drink or done anything successful in your life. Because let me tell you something. I was half a person the day after my fucking wedding. These guys just like, bruh, it's this some of these guys ain't married yet. Like it's that day for them. Like Yes, it you did Bro, well. Trent Alexander can't buy can't buy a beer in the U.S. <laughs> so like, marriage is kind of far for him. But um, uh, the one thing I will say that I found really funny about this game was um, people getting really energized about what can happen next season in terms of Man City, and I was just like, this game is not the game to draw any kinds of conclusions. Yeah, that's the wrong conclusion in my opinion. Long term, and again, I, I, the one happiness I had was like, it's good to see Liverpool being back where they were, where they get smacked for now. But we'll see if that happens more regularly next season. Spoiler alert! A team that has gotten used to getting getting smacked for, I guess not for now, but getting smacked this season are Norwich. They played a very, very tight game against Brighton. I was very surprised. Uh, the way this game turned out, but Brighton came out victorious. And the scenes after the game is kind of w- what told you the story of Norwich. He, I think he had left Wendia and Todd Cantwell on the bench. At the end of the game, the players just like did not go back to the dressing room. They wanted to stay out. They were all sitting either on the st- in the stands, they're sitting in um, on the ground, just dejected, feeling... I guess terrible at the time and can't blame them. It's been a sorry, sorry state of affairs state of affairs for Norwich Football Club, Norwich City Football Club. And yeah, I think that kind of was the final nail in their coffin and here we are. One nil lost to Brighton. More or less sealed their fate of being twentieth in the table. And um big, big three points for Brighton. Will, do you have any comments? about that game um viva la timu puki i loved you for what you were i wish you the best in the championship um honestly bruh that nine dollars on brighton nine dollars so proud Okay, um, so I this was three points that Norwich absolutely had to have, uh, and they and they didn't get it, and so it's it's very clear what's happening to Norwich now. Uh, good on Brighton to get the win. Um, it it looks like they're going to stay up, and I think that's deserved. I think they've been a team that's been not necessarily unlucky, but I I feel they've had a few games go against them that they would expect to to do a little better in and um, the scenes afterwards kind of tell you everything. Like it'll be interesting to see where Cantwell, Buendia, Max Aarons and them end up because I don't think those three are going to be at Norwich in the championship. Um, there's a, there's a few players that will be, um, and I don't think that they get let go, but I, I think there's some talent on here that's going to be a good punt for Buendia, some pretty good like teams in the Premier League million. next I year. Love to buy you. I'm gonna say that. Um, but I mean, as you said, Max Irons. If 
I'm trying to think. Like, I think Arsenal could really use him. Like, for all, all the world of respect that I have for Hector Bellerin, that is not a lot. But I, I think y'all could really use a guy who can deputize him properly and I think take over the reins in a couple of years. And I think Ma- Max Aaron seems like a guy who can do that. But. N- Yeah, so yeah, I, I, mean, don't, it, I don't it, disagree it with that, but they ma- signed yeah, Cedric for four years, so I think that have. that's where we're going. But um, the team that might need a proper right-back is Liverpool. Like, Trent moving to midfield, my dream. Like, I hate Liverpool, but I would love to see Trent as a midfielder. I think he might be the closest player to um, Paul Scholes who can put a good ball in. But moving along from... Norwich and Brighton to another two teams that are going in very different trajectories. Leicester City Football Club going up against Crystal Palace. I don't know why I thought <laughs> Crystal Palace could win this fucking game, but they got absolutely shit on. And the funny part is they were playing well until the goalkeeper made a dumbass mistake about not coming out, not committing to the ball properly. And then the second goal of where the defender pulled off Steven Gerrard and just slipped out of nowhere to give the opponent the ball. And Leicester City being Leicester City capitalized on those and ended up three no victors. I thought it was a pretty ordinary game other than that, but good on Leicester. They needed the points more than Crystal Palace did. I think Palace are just going through the motions. I don't think they have ambitions of wanting to play in the Europa League. They know that they're not going to get relegated, so they just want to make sure everybody stays fit, and that is the vibe I got from them. What do you think about that, Braden? Yeah, I mostly agree with that. I saw a Crystal Palace team that were just kind of there to pick up their paychecks and, and get the hell on. And, you know, like you said, credit to Lester for so guys, seeing it through. We're missing something uh, from this match, and I just want to go ahead really and mention it. Kind of all I got to say Jamie about this. Vardy one. having a hundred goal party. He got his hundredth in this match. So let's go ahead and lay it on the man, Captain <clears throat> Ball himself. Um,. Aside from that, Crystal, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and say it. Abolish Crystal Palace. Like, there's no need for you guys to be here. Just just go home. Go go to the Chicago bubble, where you deserve to be. <laughs> well. I mean, I um, did not hear you what you just said there, because you cut out. <laughs> but... <laughs> I w- I will say this about uh, Jamie Vardy, he's been a ver- he's been a revelation ever since he came to the Premier League. Good on him scoring the goals. He has been one of the few people that consistently always gets ahead of his xG. He consistently scores outlandish goals and ahead of. What's up? We're back with the second segment of this podcast. Normally what happens when you start talking about Jamie Vardy, there are technical difficulties with the vodka and Red Bull that starts flowing, and that's necessarily what happened out here as well. Sorry about that, but we are back with the second segment of this podcast. A lot of games still coming up, and we're going to pick it right up with Manchester United going up against Bournemouth. United were big favorites going into the game. It looked like there was an upset on the cards when Bournemouth took the lead. 
And then Mason Greenwood said, hey, I'm a star boy coming in and I'm going to take care of it. It was great to see Man United's front three all scoring in the same game. And uh, good days. A 5-2 win. I think a game that Stratford and, and Old Trafford would have thoroughly enjoyed if there were fans in the stadium. But a 5-2 win nonetheless. What did you think, Brayden? Yeah, I think you hit on the main points. Um, Greenwood just looks like he's a real serious talent that is probably going to be a force at Man United to reckon with for many, many years. Um, on the other side, you know, Burnmouth are going down. I, we already touched on that. I was happy to see Junior Stanislas get a goal after, you know, he had some injuries earlier in the season and kept him out. Uh, a little bit of a story of Burnmouth with some of their guys being injured and, you know, now they're getting back healthy and it's kind of too late. And I don't really have a lot more to say about uh, this game. United are good. I'm going to try to be short. Greenwood's speak, I don't really good. Talk about this forever. Burnmouth or not. Good. Bruno. Yeah, will. Possibly better right now. United, looking good again. Me, nutty. Borman, dead. Ready. My bad, bro. That's all I got. Yeah, I mean, there isn't a whole lot more to say. I I will say it is getting really, really frustrating to watch uh, David De Gea at go in goal. I think he, he has been a phenomenal servant of the club, but I think it is time to move on from him. That first goal, as terrible as it was to watch um, Harry Maguire get nutmegged by uh, Junior Stanislas, I, it, I don't know how you can get beaten on the in the near post like that, it it was horrible, horrible all around defending and goalkeeping in my opinion, and um, thankfully we didn't have to um, stay there for too long. So yeah, uh, good on. I think that's a minute. little harsh. I I think it's I I don't think that De Gea was expecting McGuire to just be passed by as easily as he was, and I think that led to. Uh, that that led to getting beaten near post like that. And so I I think it's a little harsh on De Gea, but I, I do get your overall point there. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's harsh, but at the same time, when you have kept such a high standard over the years, you need to be making that save. That is all I'll say. Um, yeah, but, that's fair. You know, moving along to the next game, Wolverhampton Wanderers playing Arsenal Football Club, a game that only Britain thought that Arsenal are going to come out with a victory with, and they very much did. So good on Arsenal. I, uh, very, very I huge three points fool, for I'm kind of a okay lot of teams it. ahead uh, of Wolves, as well as I, big three points for Arsenal Football fool, Club. But I like Will. I'm any just glad comments Arsenal about this got game? a win against a team who I think is good because my ideal scenario is the top four of my childhood is good. With the addition of like wolves, so like, good job Arsenal making that a reality. Wolves is gonna wolves, and they're probably going to end up with a trophy at the end of the season. So, wait, they got eliminated, didn't they? Fuck. 
Yes? Yes? It's been so long, I can't remember now. They're still in that, right? Berated. Yeah. Wait, yeah, what? So they should be able to win that, right? Yeah. <laughs> are, you, are you talking about the Europa League? Or? Sorry, sorry, it's a pun. They yeah, I'm pretty sure they're still in the Europa League. Yeah. Okay. Excuse uh, me? They might. They'll, they'll be competitive in that competition. I guess one-off games, they might be. Yeah. Um. So, uh, this was a... This is a really good game to see from an Arsenal perspective. Um, just... A lot of it seems to be kind of coming together, and it's been a long time since Arsenal... He really felt like they had a shot in some of these games. I remember last year, Arsenal were down. Arsenal really needed this game to basically clinch Champions League qualification before going into the Europa League final against Chelsea, and uh, they got beat two nil, or, or they might have lost three nil, but they were down two nil at half, and it was just this, just this huge letdown of the club stepping into a pressure situation and completely falling apart. And this kind of felt like the opposite. Like this was a similar circumstances. If Arsenal want to do anything, get into Europe, whether that's Europa league, champions league, whichever at this point, they really needed to win this game. And they went out there and did it. But Kaya beautiful first goal. It was good to see Lacazette sub in and, and get a goal as well. Think. Things are looking better. I have hope again. It's a weird feeling. Yeah, I, I don't know. I definitely understand that feeling. But it, Arsenal do look like a very good team that is starting to um get in their own gear and starting to do things again that it might become scary to see what might come out of that. So... Good, good win for them. Another team that needed a victory very much after a drubbing, uh, not a drubbing, but a 3-2 loss against West Ham United were Chelsea Football Club. They came out. They absolutely bit-slapped Watford 3-0 and um, don't really have a whole lot else to say about the game. I think Chelsea were just a better team, and for once, they came out and showed that they were the better team. What do you think about that, Braden? Yeah, I, I think that's right. Chelsea are better. Uh, Watford at this point I think they're safe for barring some extreme circumstances I think Watford are safe and I think Uh, that kind of reflected itself they're out there kind of just doing emotions and Chelsea went out there and took care of business it's so weird to see this Jekyll and Hyde Chelsea team I feel like you just don't know what you're getting I agree with you let Chelsea let me down by winning well, this as far as betting goes, but again, the boy Giroud, I I really kind of have a soft spot for him. I don't even know why. I just like watching the guy score. He seems like a decent human being, so kudos to you, I guess? Yeah. Yeah, Giroud, good on you. Love you, bro. Interesting fact. 
But yeah, good on uh, Chelsea Football Club to come out and win the game. Another game that I we expected it to be not such a goal fest, and it did not turn out to be. Burnley playing Sheffield United, a 1-1 draw. I think both the teams will take their point and pretty much go away. And uh, Sheffield United do seem to have slumped into this position of where they're not going to get relegated, but I don't think all the European dreams that they had are going to necessarily come true at this point. Um, Burnley, good on them on winning the game. I, they're also, I don't uh, think are going I'd to get you some sort of tactical relegated. Analysis, but I, they are I'm not looking at really in the contention to go and right make cards for a European possession. So it kind of was a game what you expect. I, in I, I knew what this match was. Times of where this was I don't filler. think either of This really match belongs in the Chicago hard. bubble. If you don't well, know what I'm referencing in the Chicago bubble, look it up. NBA stuff, absolutely hilarious. Let's go Cavs and Hawks. Yeah, I think that uh, it's Burnley. Burnley had a chance to win this game and they couldn't do it. Um, and that's mostly how I feel. Like they Burnley probably had the better chances to win and didn't get it done. Yeah, I mean, as you pretty straightforward pointed out, I think Burnley should have won the game, but they did not end up winning the game. Another very interesting game was Newcastle United going up against West Ham United. Ended up 2-2. Miguel Amaron, the boy, seems to be in quite the form of his life right now. And, um, yeah, I think West Ham, after a high of what had happened in um, the game against Chelsea, did not end up getting the result that they probably wanted against Newcastle United. But overall, a fair result for both the teams. Braden? <laughs> Yeah, I think it's pretty. I That's think you're right. It's a fair result for both teams. Good boy. Um, good boy. Good to see Miggy um, score another goal. If I can be honest, um, three people I really enjoy. I don't Antonio, really have that much more to say Elmeron, about this game. And John Joe I, Shelby all got on the on the two, on the sheet for this match. Barely um, decent teams draw, playing a barely decent match. Right, about the situation of talent derby never disappoints. A good old. Yeah, I y'all know. Yes, he is. Nope, too late. I already said it, and you know I've said it about both these teams going forward. So I stand by my statement. And honestly, John Joe Selby should play for just a wee bit better team, if I can be honest. I don't know. What... I hate you, Braden. I hate you in my whole heart. <laughs> yeah, stop that. <laughs> like Liverpool. Thank you, Brain. Um, moving along to the next game. Bringing up Liverpool, they came up against a stout Aston Villa team. I, dude, Four. how the fuck did y'all not like absolutely smack them? Was beyond me. This like. <laughs> Like, sure, Curtis Jones got his goal, but this was one of the stupidest fucking games I've ever seen Liverpool play under Jurgen Klopp. Good on Liverpool to win the game. I don't really have anything else to say. I said it. Y'all can go die in a ditch. Liverpool 420 just smoked their ass. 
And all I got is jokes now because we already got the title. So more Lil Wayne lighter flicks coming yeah, up. Yeah, I think that's fair. There's not a lot to say about this game. Um, Liverpool like still a good team. And Aston Villa not a good team. And that's kind of all there is to Feel free. talk I don't about this game. <laughs> Season finale! <laughs> Bro, y'all are playing Arsenal and Chelsea. If you don't win those games, I am going to clown you so bad. Just so you know. No shit, that's very clear. But uh, I don't think most of your players play. But I, I, I will say this. And as much as it's all fun and games about Liverpool, this attitude that Liverpool's brought in about like they're going to win and it's all fun and games, I think it's very interesting to see because it might pay off in the long run in terms of how next season turns out. But at the same time, I I don't remember the last time there was a championship team or winning team that actually behaved in the way that Liverpool has been behaving. So it could be very interesting to see how they do turn up against a Liverpool against a Arsenal and against Chelsea when they do face them. Because it's literally like they call themselves the greatest team to win the league. And like, the motivation's clearly gone, and I don't know what really is going on with Liverpool right now. So, not really a lot to look forward to if you're a Liverpool fan, because you're going to win the title, you're going to lift the trophy in a couple of weeks' time, and that's pretty much it. But, um, I like I I genuinely all the respect I've had for like a champion of England has really kind of fallen on its uh, tummy the last couple of weeks because it's been pretty horrendous to watch Liverpool um, the way they have gone the last couple of weeks. However, I might just be a little bit too biased about that. Moving on to the next game, the team that are supposedly the second best team in England right now, Manchester City. I have a lot to say about Ederson in this game because I am sick and tired of people coming out and telling me how Pep Guardiola is this genius and there are 11 fucking ball-playing players on the pitch. And, like, there are videos of Ederson from this game making a very good 40-yard pass. And you know what? That is absolutely phenomenal. But I saw it happen in the game against Chelsea where Ederson, in the way he comes out of his box and, and like, passes the ball, he puts players, certain players, in absolutely unnecessary pressure. And that is literally what happened in this Southampton game where he put a player in to an absolutely unnecessary situation where he could have just cleared the ball and be like, hey, we'll take care of it in the next possession. Put Zinchenko in that position. Che Adams gets the ball. Beautiful, beautiful chip to um, win the game. And I guess score the goal at the time and then go on to win the game 1-0. I I genuinely don't understand the, the love towards a goalkeeper like Ederson because it's like the go- he as a goalkeeper is not good enough. Yes, he can make his passes, but like, I don't I I genuinely don't understand like yes he can make those passes but is that enough like is that the modern day goalkeeper or am I missing something Braden please enlighten me I yeah so I'm not going to go in that much on Ederson I think he's a he's a very good keeper who is I uh, I you are right that he puts players under pressure I think Braden, that city I'm not going to hundreds 
play in a type of way um, where you are expected to handle we, that pressure. Throw shade and us, I don't necessarily know that champs, all the players I'm throw a shade at City too because kind of hold up there into the bargain on this. Like, well, uh, that said, like <laughs> we all bet cares. on Southampton in this game, mostly just because of the line, but also because we saw what City did with Chelsea and they clearly don't give a fuck and that's where we are on this all the way around. I Dallas think. Game play. Whatever. I would love to heap praise on my boys, the Saints. My second city boys, the Saints. I'm not going to do that. City look a team who are just like waiting out a couple months to get to the next thing they actually want to do. And low key, they're going to show up and fuck. I mean, okay, hold hold up, Will, Will, hold up, hold up. They they are not that far from a champ like from Champions League beginning. Like the ch- this is going to end, and they're in the FA Cup as well, and then they're gonna be in the Champions League beginning of August. So it's like a performance like this. And sure, I'll give the credit to Southampton and their goalkeeper and how brilliantly they played, but. Liverpool has a reason why they're going through the motions because they don't have anything else to look forward to other than lifting the trophy this year. Man City are looking at a potential two-year ban and from Champions League football, and this could be the last time that they are in Champions League football. And it, this is just not an excuse oh, to be like, hey, we're going to play like absolute dog shit and come up with an excuse sorry. that, hey, it didn't no, really no. matter. Like, Yeah, fuck no. It, these games do matter, and when when you are capable of these performances, there are teams that are going to take advantage of you in a Champions League setting, and that like this as a performance was absolutely abysmal from uh, Manchester City, and people are going to come out and say that hey, Southampton did not play football, like they didn't put five passes together. You know what, dude? Sometimes you don't need to put fucking fifteen passes together. Yeah, like you need to go out there. Yeah, you need to go out there and yeah, win that the doesn't game fucking and matter. not. And Pep Guardiola, a lot of people say Mourinho's third year. Fucking Pep Guardiola's fourth year in uh, any I, of his teams have not been successful. He did not survive after podcast. the third year at Bayern right because they, they didn't renew his contract. I don't think this team have enough guile to even win that damn uh, Champions League. So Barcelona said, after not winning the league with them in his fourth year. And this is his fourth year where I think the players are tired and sick and tired of the way he wants to play. And it's very evident right now that Man City is this team without a leader on the pitch. And you see that very clearly at times when they are not performing. I Go ahead, Will.
So I, my thoughts on this are a lot around what you think of that City Liverpool game. And do you look at that and you say City is a team that can turn it on when they want to? Because if that's your thought, then I think you look at the Champions League and you say, okay, they can probably do something there. If you think that game was just about Liverpool kind of still being drunk, then where, I think where you have do you some stand concerns about, that, about City. I think I'm, I am, but I, I'm clearly on the side that Liverpool were drunk from that game. I, I don't for that game. Yeah, so I don't, I don't really know. I think that, I think City are a team that, like you said, they they lack a real leader, and I think that that's pretty evident. In that, De Bruyne's a great player, but he doesn't look like he he looks to me as a very by example type player, and not the vocal. in terms of like he's gonna do everything there is to win yeah, the game, that, that's but like fair. he's not necessarily uh, the guy who can hold the team together like a Vincent Company did last year. Or I, I think I think there's I think it's a little unfair because I think all teams have different types of leaders. There's vocal leaders, there's leaders who go out there and just do the damn thing. And I think that's more what KDB Fabregas that you alluded to fit under. Uh but City don't have that vocal leader like it's just you look on you look through that team and you yeah, don't see I mean, who um, that is i i will say this personally and and this is the reason it pisses me off to watch this right now i i will say shit about liverpool but you know what they genuinely don't have anything to look forward to so i understand why they are playing the way they are but for a team like manchester city the amount of money they have spent over the years the players that they have on the pitch it, what the fuck was that performance and like the reason I'm so critical of Ederson is because I hear him getting mentioned with a lot of the top goalkeepers, and I'm like, he's just not a goalkeeper. He's a fucking midfielder who can play as the as the goalkeeper. Like that's what he reminds me as of as a player, and that's what he is, in my opinion. Where sometimes he puts people in terrible situations that lead to goals, like the way it did against Southampton. But I'm not gonna keep going down um this rabbit hole right now. We've already gone so far, so. I'm going to move on into the next game. Man City were a part of quite the amazing Amazon documentary. The only part I watched was after they lost the Manchester Derby when they could have won the league. The new Amazon documentary is going to feature Tottenham Hotspurs, a team that for so long was riding a high, high wave under Maurizio Pochettino. They picked a year to do the documentary, I'm assuming, in order to get some more money to pay for the stadium. And this season has gone absolutely tits up for them. Getting absolutely bit slapped like other North London teams have done by Bayern Munich at home. But even fucking Arsenal did not concede seven goals at home to Bayern Munich. Here we are at halftime winning 1-0 and you see... Hugo Lloris and Human Song absolutely just have a go at each other before going into the dressing room. All the other players are just like, "Hey, we need to get him in." I have heard a lot of Spurs, uh, a lot of the Spurs fans' perspective saying that Son needed to pass the ball or whatever. But I think the, the, those kinds of situations are best managed away from the camera. But I'm gonna steal a Spurs ended up winning the game in the most unlikely. Um, like 
a way I that you would have thought, like Michael, Michael Keane scoring like, the own goal the feels sad for the old Manchester boy. Uh, but from what I've seen, apparently Lloris was just like, I am just not convinced that Jose Mourinho is going to do good with this first team. team. And this was, was another one of those situations. They got lucky with that one nil win, but it was a horrendous, horrendous, boring game to watch. That being said, Will, what do you think? I mean, actually, for both of you, it's your crosstown rivals. What do you think, What Will? they taught him in self-control, I wish I could learn. Because I would have just, that, like, it wouldn't have ended well. Um, with that being said, I bet $5 on Everton, and I feel real stupid for it. Because they still gave away the goal that fucking cost me the money, you fucking blue shite. God damn it. Brayden, talk about how terrible Arsenal are. Or Spurs, my bad. Arsenal are great. <laughs> I guess Korean military taught him how to not pick out the way he had done previously. Rat bastard. Rat bastard. Hmm. Damn, $250 on Tottenham. I did not even realize I had bet that much money. In Jose, we trust? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I knew my Manchester boy was going to turn up for me with an own goal. Um, so, so, Will, that, that was not my look at this whole dust-up. Because when I when I saw them going off the pitch... You know, Loris is going at Son, and if you look at the way that the other players are around Son, like they're ushering him off, and if you just look at Eric Dyer at the end of it, like he gives a very like "get the fuck out of here" type push to Son, and my take on that was that the players around felt that Son was clearly in the wrong, and you know, Loris, we talked about. Um, City not really having that vocal captain. Well, I think Larice is that for Spurs, and I think that that was just really not a good look all the way around. Like you are going into the dressing room, all you yeah. have to do is save it for the dressing room. I mean, it, it was a I horrendous mean, game. As far as you talk like, about the game, it was not a good game. So that's why we're talking about this more than like the game. Yeah, like, there's nothing miserable. to talk about, in my opinion, that really happened in the game that we were like, that's fucking eye opening about either one of these two teams. And I, I just overall am like losing faith in Jose. And like I said it before, I'm going to say it again. Like he needs to go manage an international team to um really be an elite coach again. I think. The North London derby coming up is going to tell us a lot, but it it's looking very dangerous signs um, for Mourinho and Tottenham right now because they do not seem to be on the same page. However, moving along to the three games, we did not bet on these. If you listen to us, we did, Bovada had not provided us with lines at the time, so we just watched the games today for the first time without having to worry about who's going to get the bragging rights. I guess Chelsea finally had the bragging rights. They put on their sponsorship as three mobile. They finally scored three goals and won the game 3-2. The opposite of what happened against West Ham United. Good on Chelsea. Tammy Abraham finally uh, scoring goals. Mason Mount out there, I felt like, played a very good game. 
one very interesting thing in this Crystal Palace game, and I would love to hear both your opinions. We know Kepa can be bad, or Kepa is bad. We know their defense is not very good. One of the very intriguing things, they went all in with Sarri and got Jorginho. And today, when Kante was not playing, when um, Kovacic was suspended uh, or slash injured, the, uh, Chelsea the started with on, Gilmore, knows he has, and he knows a 19-year-old kid uh, from Scotland, this, from Rangers, and instead of going with right, their big money signing in um, superfluous to him. Jorginho he from a couple of years ago, him, and, and it's very telling, I think, at that point that Kovacic um, might be moved on from, and in a team that needs a lot of midfield like help, I it's like very him. intriguing that and I'm Frank Lampard is just like, nope, I'm not going to play you, him. you I need to move really on, like his and future as they almost lost the game, like, I guess after Jorginho came on, but it's not looking great signs for Jorginho being a Chelsea player right now. what did you think about the game? Crystal Palace, I Braden. Yeah, so I looked at this game and, you know, we, we talked about Kepa earlier and, you know, that Zaha goal, which I, I will say it was an absolute rocket of a shot, but it was pretty central and looking at the XG model of it, it was a 0 0.01 XG. I, I just, I feel like that just kind of drives home what we were talking about with Keppa earlier. And just there is something that is not right there with the way that he is setting up to stop shots uh, for the game overall. Um, I don't, I think it's a little harsh to put all of this, the comeback down to Jorginho. I think it was well underway for the pressure uh, before no, 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 wait, hold up, Jorginho hold up, hold up, hold up. came on. He um, just didn't do much to, on Jorginho. Uh, to turn that tide. That the signs are ominous. For a player that was very highly touted at the time, coveted by Chelsea, City, and a lot of other hosts of big clubs, that he did not start in a game that, you know, he should be first choice over a 19-year-old Gilmore. <laughs> that was more so my point. I'm not saying that the comeback was happening because of him. I'm just saying that a player that they paid so much money Ooh. for, I guess it's the same with Kepa as well, oh, who hasn't I'm really what? turned out to be the player that they expected him to. And it's looking like they're going to move on from him whenever the transfer window opens. That was more so my point. I was not trying to put him as the reason for the comeback. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, you would expect Jorginho to play over Gilmore, but I do also think that Lampard wants to kind of bet in these youngsters when he can. Uh, and I feel like he felt this was a game that 
he could do that. And it just barely paid off for them. Uh, Dan hit the post in the, the very last minute of the game. And then, um, Zaha played through Benteke and Benteke took about 15 minutes to line up his shot. And (laughs) yeah, exactly. Like it was Benteke earlier scored. Benteke earlier scored his first goal since April, 2018. I will say it's funny that people like Benteke and like these, some of these big names that you once heard of a lot, save these moments for games against these bigger opposition. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, Chelsea come out deserved winners, uh, even if Palace put on a put on a run at the end. They did. Um, I, I would very much agree with you. But they kind of got they, away they with now them. sit third after what happened in the games that happened after that. So we can get more into that. But Chelsea really are benefiting from teams around them not being very good because... At the end of the day, they're only six points away from where Man City are currently. So it's everybody's going to look at Chelsea and say that they're a lot closer. But I do think that the number of signings that they're making and where they want to be, I think they're two very different trajectories uh, going on right now. And good on Frank Lampard, good on Jordi Morris. They know what they're doing. And uh, good on Chelsea for winning the game. Moving along to the next game. Uh, Watford Football Club. Spoon, I like how you Norwich said. City won. I like how you said. Good man. on Watford. Danny I was Welbeck. personally hell of a, a guy hell I of a absolutely goal. love, and, and I almost started crying Wilkie when I saw him score. Um, Danny Welbeck. Very I'm very happy to see him on the score him. sheet. Very very Watford happy to see him back like on shit, the pitch. But they look like less um, shit than Norwich. Other than that, don't really Let's have a lot of words to say about this game. Norwich, y'all are going down as Will pointed out in the first half of this podcast. In the second half, I'm just going to reiterate that and hammer the point in. Um, whenever it's mathematically done, you know that it's been coming for like months. So whenever the breakup with the Premier League happens, don't be too sad. I don't really have anything else to say about that. Yeah, I think that's fair. Norwich are ahead of this game in XG, but... Couldn't get done, and XG doesn't win you games or get you points. So, well, it's a little late for it. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just, as I said, personally, very, very happy. For Danny Welbeck. Uh, talking about Danny Welbeck, one of his former teams, Arsenal Football Club, big, big game against Leicester City. Ended up 1-1. Interestingly, Leicester's XG for the game was also 1.00. So um, I guess they somewhat deserved <laughs> the goal for this game. Um, big, big controversial decisions from the referee. Uh, I think consistent fouling is something that needs to be looked at when playing these bigger teams. But Leicester looked like absolute dog piss and somehow managed to get a draw. I think they will be happy with the draw. Arsenal, for quite a big stretch of this game, looked like, I wouldn't say Arsenal of old, but had reminiscence of being the Arsenal of the old, where there was youth youth teamers who were coming in, 
doing their bits and you know performing really well Saka brilliant brilliant assist Obama Young scoring another goal it was funny to see Obama and Vardy both cancel each other's goals in terms of the golden boot race other than that I mean Eddie and Kedia like I you feel sorry you for you like you were a more, kid but, and but um let's hope you don't make that mistake again podcast Braden what do you think everyone can talk about it in their own special way um I, uh, yeah, so Arsene Wenger used to say that whenever you play young players, you pay for it in points, right? I think that this uh, is a clear example of that. Arsenal lost two points uh, because we played um, Eddie and Kelly, and and that's not even necessarily, like, I'm not trying to go in, I'm not being that critical. It's he's young, he'll learn from this, and he'll do better in the future. Um, it's unfortunate miles. because I felt that Seeing Arsenal back, were on top of this game, especially in the first half. It, the first half was completely dominated by Arsenal. Uh, and hopefully VAR it takes was a little, bit less time to a little unfortunate right. um, but, uh, I just, to, to see the game go the, up and up. the way it Lester, did, because I did think Arsenal were better for, the, for most of the game. Really frustrating. 14 fouls from Leicester. No yellows. Brendan Rodgers can prove himself. Wrong I, I just, just I am so very over the way the Premier League refs call these games. And and I'll I'll just stop there. I'll kill you. <laughs> Interesting. I thought you were talking about Gerard falling flat on his face, but uh, Ye- as far as Brendan Rodgers is concerned, I thought you didn't care. Nobody could bring your high down, but Ye- hey, clearly that was a lie. Just like every other thing Liverpool is all about. Uh, I will say this about Leicester City uh, to close out this podcast. They are in a very interesting situation, much like Manchester United, because they play each other on final day. So it's turning out very, very nicely as a, it, it'll be a potential, I guess, English Europa League final where whoever wins that game could essentially end up in the Champions League. So that is all I have to say about that. I think Arsenal overall, they, I am very glad personally that they ended up with a draw because if they were within three points of Manchester United, I think that could have been kind of a little bit of a trouble for a team that I had made so much fun of um, throughout the season. On a personal note. However, Premier League's back. I am very happy. And it's great to see 
the teams that are doing well. We are going to be back with the preview podcast to give you some betting insights up next. So I'll see you on the other side. Cheers, guys. Cheers, guys.